Fuck. All right, let's we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B presents 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 Cult and Culture Podcast. Hey, welcome to episode 15 of Colton Culture. This is Justin Pearson. This is Luke Hinshaw. This episode features W.T. Nelson of Geronimo and Trogotronic. I first met him on, on tour. He played in, in Bastard Noise for a while. And, and no offense to um, any of the other people in Bastard Noise, but when he was in the band, it was it, I think it was the best, um, best lineup. And um, Bastard Noise toured with the Locust, and, and at the very last day... I think probably the very last minute of tour where we were parting ways, he handed me the Geronimo CD and I was like, who is this, this dude with like the craziest yeah. ability to make the most insane sounds. So with that being said, I mean, he's also just a totally strange guy, which um, I think is, that's a compliment because um, I think all of our friends are pretty weird. <laughs> strange, but very positive. He's a very fun guest. To- totally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was cool because, you know, my history with him um, goes back quite quite a bit, and then and then also his gear making and and gear expertise. He's helped service stuff of mine. He's also hooked me up with some of his own pedals, and um, I don't know. The guy's just he's very unique in so many different ways. But specifically, musically speaking, I think Geronimo is probably one of the most um, original bands. Absolutely. I mean, on every level it's just insane so um it was cool to have him on and and um it was cool to hear the history and then also for him to dive into um the pedal stuff too i think that that kind of embodied who he is yeah if you haven't already we highly suggest you check out nelson's work um either his pedals or in any of his music he's on a few bastard noise records and he's obviously on all the geronimo records um again br- brilliant human being great person and um we hope you enjoy this episode. I want to start off, if you could just kind of go through some of your resume, because I, I think, I mean, I met you through Eric Wood and that era of Bastard Noise and then Geronimo, but I know, and I know you were involved with Sleestack, but like what other stuff? Because you have like kind of a crazy resume of, I mean... I don't want. I don't want to ask you. Like, were you in this band? And like, uh, and it'd be wrong. So I no, I, I was playing a. I used to make tapes by myself, and actually, since I was like a little kid, I'd make weird sound tapes, soundscapes, and stuff. And then, uh, like you I, would, you would perform your own stuff. But I didn't know there was like a music that was like that. I didn't know people were <laughs> doing that or whatever <laughs> until I met Wood. Actually, and he was uh-huh. like, "There's these guys in Japan, man. Check this out. You know, There's this guy Masami Akita." You know, and it's like, whoa, that's that's really intense. Okay. But uh, so I was making stuff like that and then play music with friends. Um, oh, I just remembered this the other day. I had some buddies. They had this band called the Gels from Hell. And uh, I wanted to play music with them, but my hands are super tiny. So I couldn't. And they, they were like, it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> and, and so I was like, well, I can do special effects. And so I'd build crazy things. Wow. And uh, just horrible things like I, I got the bass player and i i was like oh you can make a plaster face you know like a you know with you know with the bandages yeah i put them on uh-huh. that dude he was because he could stand still long enough and then then i put some like i don't know found like some crazy wig on it or dreadlocks or something and uh then i had this like shop vac in lieu of a smoke machine you know and there was this one gig some party that they were playing and uh 
you know, you'd take the exhaust of the shop vac and I stuffed it full of a uh, flour before, you know, before the jackass antiqued thing, you know, like I, it just seemed like the thing to do, not knowing really that a, it's super flammable and B <laughs> everyone's going to get worked. And so like, I don't know, I, you know, it must've been like the, the big gels hit or something. I, I fired that thing up, which was probably louder than the band anyways. <laughs> and just like the drummer was, I mean, almost fell over cause he couldn't, you know, he's like, <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. was just like <laughs> antique from one side, you know, and they're like looking at me like you jerk. So there was yes, there was that, and then uh, I started playing with that drummer, and we had this band called Carney A. The concept being that uh, it wasn't Asada necessarily. It you know it could be like Andromeda or like Alligator, okay, or whatever, just yeah. any A word like you know. And we we're going to have all these releases and appearances, and it would always change. Like whoa. What are they up to now? And then he let me play like, uh, uh, I would play these, I would make these tapes and then I didn't have a turntable and I didn't know how to scratch, but I would like have these tapes and you could spin them fast. It sounded sort of like scratching. It was, you could do rhythmic stuff. And then I had like this, I would run uh, tape loops. I was really into uh, like quarter inch tapes. I'd buy all these uh, eight track tape machines at the old thrift store there, you know, and then sabbath was of course always the best one to loop i mean just incredible you could cut any part of sabbath and just put it in there and it worked but anyway so i'd put the you know tape loops of weird stuff and then then one time i took apart an a-track machine and i still have that that's that instrument that's like you know woodsy's got a couple of those there. oh yeah and, it's like uh, a disc or something a metal it's, disc. that's the flywheel and on the other side of that is the capstan okay that drives the tape so i just flopped it I, what i was trying to do oh, i know what i was trying to do I was trying to make a thing where I could run the tape back and backwards and forwards and not have to like kind of pull it on the reels, oh. like make a loop. It would be a loop that you could move back and forth, but I was just too ham handed at the time. And, and, uh, but then I was like banging on it and then something kind of resonated. I was like, wow, I wonder if I put like a, a string there. And I was like, oh, well, I'll put a spring there. And that ended up being that thing, which I still haven't figured out a way to kind of you, one of these days. Do you sell those? Not yet. No. One of these days. So they're only like... Patent pending. <laughs> okay. Patent pending. But no, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be... Uh, I can never figure it out. But that kind of... That electroacoustic stuff is... It's tough. Uh, Henry's really good at that. Uh -huh. From Answer for Christ there. He's, you know, he's a luthier by trade. And that kind of... You go get over to the luthier stuff. It gets... There's a lot of kind of trial and error fiddling around there. Where yeah. the electronics is it's more my wheelhouse now. Which he, he taught me that that part, too. I didn't really know electronics until I saw his stuff. Which is, I mean, I remember seeing him, I think, when he was in Man is the Bastard, and I was like, what is this crazy shit? Mm -hmm. It just looked like, aesthetically, it was... Aesthetically... It blew my mind. Just gorgeous. Just like the wood with marker and stuff, and yep. like, you know, then the most, like, the sheer punishing noise. But, but beautiful, too. That's what blew my mind the first time I heard it, is it's like the most terrifying stuff you've ever heard and and yet it's coming to you in the most beautiful rendering well, like the and that's the, the like chirping kind of stuff well it's not just that it's the quality of it especially you know it's the highs you know it's it just is rendered by those tubes that's all tube stuff that he builds uh -huh. strictly and and so okay so were you in man is the bastard i was yeah i was for a while because i uh well my theory is that uh they needed someone with a van <laughs> <laughs> because I really, I mean, those guys were so good, and yeah. I was just sort of like, okay, I have these tape loop things, and they're like, yeah, 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 okay, we'll bring your van, you know. Uh -huh. and, always, and then 
yeah, I always got kind of the feeling there. I, I don't know. It was probably just me feeling, you know, that what do they call it? The imposter syndrome. Because, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, those guys are, are all shredders, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, and then Henry was actually the one that kind of was like, hey, come with us. We're playing the anti-club. So it was it was when when they were a four piece with Henry it made you it was a five piece then Henry was the one who invited me uh-huh. he, he got my uh, foot in the door there kind of so then yeah I don't know and I'm, I was trying to remember this the other day like what came first I mean I I knew Henry I was friends with Henry for a long time and I remember hanging out with my buddy from Carnier and the drummer Carnier and and they lived in this place in Claremont there and they he he sort of moonlighted doing engineering. And there was a studio there at the packing house there in Claremont, and they were working on, shoot, I'm trying to remember which effort it was, but one of the Man is the Bassett recordings. He's like, hey, check this out, this guy. And I and I kind of knew who Wood was because he worked at this bakery, and <laughs> I ended up working there as well with him. And Henry worked there as well. Like, everyone kind of worked, wow. my, my girlfriend at the time and, and, and all that. So, so uh, and I can remember he played this thing to me, and it had a, that track, uh, Refused to thrive. I don't know if you know, it, but uh-huh. it was it was one of Woods' numbers that was like really short and really complicated, and just unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, it was like, what was play that again, man? Yeah. You know, we played it like three or four times. Like, please play it one more time. <laughs> we were just cracking up because it's so unbelievable. And the next thing you know, somehow I kind of you know was I know trying to figure out how that happened, but somehow yeah, sort of I ended up down at Henry's studio, and that's when I first saw his. I had, I knew he made guitars. I knew. Maybe that he, I didn't really know he made amps. And then some of those amps kind of turned into those boxes as oh, well, yeah. the preamps. Yeah. And I think, I think he was like messing with amps and then sort of stumbled upon like, wow, this sounds really crazy. You know, working on stuff for guitars and wow, this sounds pretty good on its own. Let's just put some more knobs on here. And then, uh, <laughs> and I mean, that stuff to this day, I mean, bar none, I've seen that dude, you know, like at festivals and stuff. Just walk in, and, Henry or, and just, or Henry, yeah, yeah uh-huh. with those boxes and just lay waste. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, nothing even comes close. It's uh-huh. True, yeah. It, it's it's weird because I remember, you know, I I knew the the trio of Band of the Bastard like from earlier days when I was younger, pl- like playing shows with them. But it was when they introduced Henry, and then that that like patented kind of like chirping sound, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It seemed so. Um, I don't know, like, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to them, but it was like almost like like not a musical thing. It's like here we have this kind of song, like this sort of like rock, you know, like the like this sick grooving bass lines, and then yeah. there's like a chirping like fucking alarm clock thing that just jacks up the whole track, and it yeah, and it's kind of rad, you know. But I was like, wow, what what are they doing? Like, what are they? I don't I, you know, in my mind, I was I was at the point where it was like music was structured in rock terms you know like there's the obvious instruments i mean if you had a synth that's cool but i was like what is this thing that this noise is happening on top of the it wasn't like written into the music it was never i feel like it was kind of like not the right time signature or so you know like i was just like oh what yeah. is this it seems random in a in a cool way um i know exactly what you're saying yeah, yeah. and i think there's a lot of bands that here and there where it's just a sort of it's almost gratuitous yeah, and I and I feel like, and part of the thing that fuels like what I'm doing is is <laughs> whether or not I've uh, you know make it any better or not. But is that I think that you know I mean I, I make stuff for people who just hit play more or less yeah. and stuff, yeah. and and the whole thing just kind of does its thing. Sure, and that's cool. But I the thing that makes me like the most I mean, the most compelling thing is interacting with people. 
in a band and and it's not just turning something on yeah because there are pedals where like that i have of yours where i'm like this is it just writes its own song like i don't have to do anything which or, which is which is cool fine but <laughs> yeah. i mean that's sort of like showing up with i mean uh you know just canned music sort of yeah. like you know which is uh, yeah it's it's trickier it's trickier it's much it's much harder to pull that off in a way i mean so I, I, I've seen, I was just thinking about this the other day. I saw Bjork one time and, and for whatever reason, a lot of it was canned. I think there was people playing, but it just seemed most of the good stuff. They were like, let's make it sound like the record. And yeah. they played this stuff. And this is a long time ago, but, uh, uh, it was, it, you could tell it was just sort of like, you know, they hit play on yeah. sort of the, some of these digi parts and somehow they just locked in and it was just, you know, I mean, you know, it's cool at a bar. You know, and you got the piano guy, and then he's got the the drum machine. It's cool, but like that somehow came out flat. But then again, I seen Kraftwerk at the same venue, and I thought I I thought ah this is gonna suck, and they killed it. Yeah, and I I can't I couldn't tell you what was different. Now I mean, was it analog versus what? Ah, maybe, but I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's because they've been doing that for so long. You know, I mean, they weren't always an electronic band. Yeah, you know? but they were kind of the first, like. I, weren't they the first like modular synth band? I think there was something. Maybe I, I heard this. I heard this really crazy interview with one of the people associated with the band, and and, and they were, and they were like, we there was like nothing that predated it. I guess I kind of like them before they were electronic, like the 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 uh, uh, what do they call it the, the the cone era, the safety cones. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, but it was still had like no. It was more cannish. It was it was grooves, and they it, they had flutes. The guy, one guy would be puffing up. I, I'm a big flute nut. Okay. So, <laughs> right. I mean, full disclaimer. Yeah, I, I do like the flutes. I do. I love it in like you know sambas and whatnot. Uh-huh. You know, when as soon as the flute comes in, I'm like, oh yeah. Well, also we some go. of your pedals sound like it could be a digital flute. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> you know, Henry was always going for the bagpipes, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I no flutes. There's something about a flute. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know what the difference was, and and uh, and I. So it's trickier. It's definitely trickier, especially if you're just hitting, you know, or or what was that guy, uh, Kid Six Oh Six? Remember that? Yeah. And it's just sort of laptop, and uh, you know, you, you better have a good light show. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then there's all that electronic stuff. Like you got your, I, I don't know, I don't really know this stuff, but like you know, you got your Dead Mouse and, and yeah. all this stuff. But I think they do have light shows. I mean, they do, and Dead like Mouse they got billboards cool, in Vegas. These guys. Yeah, but know? he had like a cool hat, helmet, or whatever that he wore too. You, Helmets are well. <laughs> what, who who put the helmet on first? This is what I want to know. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. That's it's it's yeah. I think or maybe yeah. They gotta have light shows, right? Yeah. Those big things. But but you know what? Like when you went to see Kraftwerk compared to when you went to see Bjork, you went to see Kraftwerk because it was like this full band, and you expected a thing. When you went to see Bjork, you know Bjork. You don't know like necessarily. I mean, she's. I know she played with Brian Chippendale from Lightning Bolt at some point but like you're not if you're oh if you're, that would be good i would boy that would be a good show he, he's he played some with something with her but you know what i'm saying like if if, she, if he was her drummer then you'd have a different expectation you'd go and you'd see a different kind of thing like especially you, if he's out in front <laughs> you know what well, I mean? you know like, why he's probably not in the band with her is because he would steal the fucking show no offense to bjork but like you, that guy just steals the show it's i he, mean maybe they should have just got it rid of the, the the one guy in the sugar cubes it was just sort of like the the flavor flave dude <laughs> Was I he? Know. I think he was a real singer. Was he? Yeah, but you know, it's kind of like that B-52s thing. Like I love the B-52s, but sometimes it's like the ho- the other part, the vocal, you know, just yeah. sort of the spoken word part. Oh like, yeah. yeah, just let the ladies sing, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I just I do wonder though because comparing Kraftwerk to Bjork is a is a tricky thing because Bjork is typically known as like, you know, a, a singer with this sort of electronic music behind behind her. Where Kraftwerk is a well, I'm is just a band. look. You put on one record, you put on the other record, and they're both great. Yeah, right. Okay. Whatever, that's great. But no, I was just talking live, translating live, yeah, live. And and it comes back to this thing where where it, it is jarring. There's some music like in that in back in the the MITV genre like where it's sort of, okay, we got to have this noise guy, and then it's just sort of like this thing, and it doesn't, yeah, is it locked in, is it not? Now, when Henry's playing it, there's, okay, so there's this other kind of music here that's, I don't know, it's, what, what do they call that, cut up? Cut uh-huh. up noise, you guys heard of this? Yeah, there's a split, MITB split with some band that's like that. It's it's all like just crazy, like not, it's like different songs cut together right on a tape yeah and just, oh, oh actually there was one called aunt mary yeah that's what it is that was early and that was this tape and i think the dude was just hitting the pause button uh-huh. with a drummer yeah it's unbelievable yeah, it's it sounds like awesome hardcore. but it makes no sense musically oh but it's beautiful that but okay so here's my point is and I, so i went to i went to this this fancy art school right and they had this unbelievable vinyl collection in the library and you could just go in there and like check out whatever and there was all this like kind of highfalutin ivory tower you know academic stuff that was for lack of a better word i mean it's just so random that you're just like okay man like i get it it's weird and i'm i i tend to go on the softer side of that where i'm a little more into like i don't like i like the minimal stuff i like right reich reich whatever that dude's name is or like philip glass little little trite but john adams huge john adams fan and uh but i mean it's real simple and it's just real straightforward sort of like the geronimo stuff it's just as simple as can be like just stupid simple <laughs> though not melodic necessarily but but anyways so so uh uh that some of that random stuff and then then, then uh we, you know we used to play with uh john weiss was sort of part of that mm-hmm. bastard noise thing and then, oh so wait was there a bastard noise lineup that was you weiss and and wood wood interesting i think like uh early aughts uh-huh yeah and yeah, he's a great player, no doubt about it. But then he was getting kind of into that cut up thing, kind of before that, I think became a thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I see. I, I I can't keep traffic track of it because I listen to just kind of. I mean, I listen to country more than I listen to noise. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, to honestly, you know, I mean, it's cool once in a while or whatever. But I, I don't know what's going on all the time. And uh, but that might be like a cool way to approach something. Uh, you know, not being part of like I, I always I always refer back I, to yes. like like when I mean I always refer back to like this interview with um, Gabe Serbian where they asked him like what hardcore bands does he listen to and he said he doesn't listen to hardcore he just plays it and I was like ah oh, that's a great kind of concept or what, what not concept you know what I'm saying like that's like that's good because then, then you're not influenced by and things. then it's not derivative yeah, yeah 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 because it's so easy to go like okay well let's do that maybe and and even if you're not trying to it's gonna it's naturally gonna happen but. Anyways, so uh, the country uh, seeps into into Geronimo, maybe. A I, man, bit. I hope so. <laughs> check the vocals tonight, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So we was doing some of that early, and then uh, we were talking about like, let's do a split, man. And uh, and we were going back and forth. I was just and I was just teasing him. I go, well, you know, but I, you know, that's that one thing you do. You know, I'm, I'm not really into the cats in the kitchen. That's what I threw uh-huh. him the cats in the kitchen there. And he, he got he got kind of mad about that there. Well, how, what if I just put silence on this on the other side? <laughs> oh, okay, man. Well, anyways, but the point is that there are some people like there's this guy uh, does this thing facial mess or which is now now he's doing this thing called uh, like weeds, uh, and his name's uh, Kenny Sanderson. 
Oh yeah. And he uh he and there's another guy, uh Chris Goudreau, he does this thing sickness. And then I think he plays stuff under his own name. I'm not quite sure how it works. But those those guys and there's a whole bunch of this there's this whole genre where these guys are just like working joysticks and and buttons or whatever and just cutting stuff up as randomly as possible and what blows my mind is some guys it makes sense and Uh i couldn't tell you why like is there an underlying beat somehow in their heads that i'm hearing or you know it's like free jazz with totally random noises or not is it random see that i i I have trouble kind of put and that's what i like about it is like well, random in the sense that it's not like this note or this, you know, BPM. Well, but it's not even... So, okay, you could have like a bunch of mm-hmm. whatever kind of stuff, but this is that, and then the beat is random. It mm-hmm. appears to be like it's coming at you for over here, it's over there, and uh, it's hard to explain, but it's that cat's in the kitchen thing. Mm-hmm. But why is that better than that academic stuff or like... Mm-hmm. Like maybe when Weiss was just trying to like get started at maybe who knows maybe he's really good at it now or I don't know what he's up to now but uh, uh, why does it or or is it me did I, now do I understand it on some level am I brainwashed <laughs> by it? I don't know but I kind of like it actually yeah. I so, mean maybe uh, there is a, a internal um, rhythm that's happening you know because I, I like I've seen Wood play a lot uh, by by himself you know or like as Bastard Noise usually with a vocalist or something but like where he's doing most of the, the the noise components and I'll watch him you know flip a switch or push a button on usually Trogo gear or whatever but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll try to I'll, you know most people are like I don't know what people are getting out of it but for me I'm it's it is like not that it, not that like an academic thing, but I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm like watching, being like, yeah, All yeah. Right, here's a, is this a BPM? I'm like, no, he just fucking switched something. You know, what's the like? Where is he getting the like, like what drives him to go like? This is the time to switch the thing. You know, like what is he hearing? Like, oh, I think he hears it in his head. Yeah, just like just like when he plays bass, I think he hears it in his head. He already knows. Maybe it's like when he gets comfortable with something, he changes it. Yeah. Like this tone's like been going you, on right, long and enough. You figure out. You think you figured it out, and then it's you didn't. Oh, I think he's hearing it. I think he's hearing it, and I think he's going directly, hearing it and playing it. Yeah, but and like he I brings wonder... he brings this other thing to it because he played bass bass first, yeah. and 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 so yeah he oh yeah he's man and same with Henry uh-huh. and I think and I think Henry has that same timing thing, so, where it seems random, where but actually I wonder sometimes like does he. Okay, is there some? Is there this other structure that's more complicated? So Henry, co- coming from like, I mean, you were in Amster Christ too. No, I played with them once or twice, but I can't, I can't keep up with them really. Yeah, because he can just wing stuff, and I, I have to practice things over and over uh-huh. again. But then he also plays like it's like country music. Some of well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some folky. What, what do you like? What's calling music and. Oh shoot! He he got all these crazy. He's amazing with these words. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, what was it called? Anyways, I, I, folk for lack of a folk. better word, I would okay. say I would. You know, everyone kept saying like, "What the fuck? This is country music." When I forgot what record it was that came out, but I was like, "That's probably a brilliant move." And if he like, and if it's if it's his thing, like, good for him. Like, you know, but the critics would were like, I think like taken back by that. Man, that same house where I heard that first Man's a Bastard record. He lived downstairs. These guys lived upstairs, and he he would he he'd sing them to sleep sometimes, playing just like really just beautiful stuff yeah. on the front porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's just interested in more than one thing, and then sometimes sometimes he puts them together, which is I mean I don't even I mean try it. 
as, as Wood says, try it because yeah. like he he pulls it off. Yeah. But puts like the noise and the and the like folk and folk together. Yeah. yeah, and then sometimes I mean his vocals are unbelievable. Like his, I think it's probably underrated. I think people you know kind of think about other stuff he's doing, but yeah, no, that's the whole package. Some yeah, of, I mean he's got like a record or two that were like some of my favorite records of that year, bar uh-huh. none. And I know the guy. Like, it shouldn't... I don't know. You wouldn't think. It's weird. (laughs) Thinking your friends have the best record? Kind of. I mean, I'm like, like how did I even know this? It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't... I feel like my friends make me like their record even more. Like, they're my... Like, Luke, I like his records so much more. I mean, I think I would like him if I didn't know him at all. But, like, I'm like, oh, my God. I really think his stuff's great. I also think he's great. You know, so... Maybe... I do, yeah, I do love Henry. So yeah, I mean, it's, okay, so it's like a, it's like that Maybe. kind of perspective. But no, I think, no, I think it would still be. There's, there's a couple there that are just so unbelievable. Yeah, but it was kind of like how we toured when the Locust toured with Bastard Noise, and you're like, oh, here, check out my other band. And I was like, you know, you gave me that the first Geronimo album. And sure. You were looking for a label, and I was just like, where did this come from? Why did it take so long to for me to find this perfect piece of music? <laughs> you know, like it. I just. I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but like, I, I that's the thing is like, we spent so much time together on tour, and I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. And, and he has this band that is the best, you know, thing I heard at that point, you know. So I was like, oh, so yeah, I mean, it was different than what, what me and Wood were up to there for sure. I mean, it's uh, especially without a drummer, yeah, there. I mean, that was, but I think that that, so okay, you, you know, you, you did a, your stint in, in Bastard Noise pre drummer. Which was the Gravity release? Um, well, no, I was playing with so I was playing with Wood back. I mean, pretty close to the beginning of it. I think they had a couple releases before that. So as soon as I was doing the, the noise with the band and uh, whatnot, then I started recording with uh, Henry and 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 Eric there. So so uh, well, and like, then then I took kind of a break, and then Weiss was there. That was oh. like right around the aughts, and I started doing my own thing. As, uh, that this is like just bastard noise, right? Just as yeah. bastard noise, because I, I at a certain point I, I I started I started working in in L A and I couldn't I couldn't do it uh-huh. on time, you know, because I I would have to drive out to uh, Pomona. It's like thirty miles, yeah, and you know it's thirty L A miles, yeah, which is know. like four hours. So yeah, and and you know sometimes I drive out there and they're like, oh we're, yeah, we canceled practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So anyways, yeah, so that yeah, but I kept playing with with those guys just doing the electronic stuff and that was fun. And then meanwhile, I was I was playing with uh, Moises and uh, and uh, Anthony and this other guy Yusin, and we did did uh, Slee Stack. Okay. And uh, we did that up until. What'd you play in Slee Stack? Just the same stuff, uh, yeah. electronics, and then then at the end, I was started bringing the Rhodes, which was a pain because uh-huh. it's super heavy. Yeah. So I would play Rhodes with, wow. you know, and then tweak out the stuff, and that was I think before I was building electronics per se. I was playing like a <laughs> a Radio Shack. Uh, what do you call it? The, the little bo- mixing board. Oh. A realistic. Uh-huh. I played the realistic. Is what I played uh-huh. with like a pedal, and I I took it and I rammed it back into the old. Uh, somehow I used the phono channel or something. And I started getting scared, like, okay, when this thing dies, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then I talked to Henry, and I said, hey, man, help me build, like, I want to build a mixing board with tubes and stuff. And then, yeah, that took, like, man, probably three years wow. of messing around. And when I finally got that, then I kind of learned Why, why did you want tubes in a mixing board? Who doesn't want tubes in a mixing board? <laughs> but right. what, what was your 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 not well, your goal? But like you were you were very cautious. I need to get a mixing board with tubes because of because I could fix it. Okay, 
I figured if if I knew how to make it, then I then if something went wrong, I could fix it. Whereas the the realistic, I knew nothing about chips. Yeah. And so I sort of was like, you know, if this thing dies, then I'm I'm out of luck because this is my sound, man. Yeah. So then I built this crazy thing with Henry's help. He helped me, you know, kind of with the topography there. Showed me how to build uh, power supplies because that's the first thing you learn when you do tube stuff is the power supply. And then... Uh, to not overpower the... Well, because tubes, they have like two or three different kinds of power. They have... Uh, sometimes they have a negative bias on... on so a negative voltage, sometimes. Then they have a, uh, a voltage for the heaters, that part that glows. And then they have a voltage to make the sound. And the voltage to make the sound is uh, generally for preamps, it's, it's about 200 volts. So right there, you don't just get some wall wart and plug it into something. <laughs> yeah. You have to actually build it for yourself wow. out of... And a lot of stuff, like in any electronics, you know, I don't know if that's too, but... but uh, is, is all made for low voltage because it's cheaper to make. So you have to buy special components that can won't explode when you start charging them <laughs> yeah. up like that. So and they're a little more expensive, but they have all you, know, you can get all that stuff. And uh, so I just figured, oh shoot, well this is he knows how to do this. My dad was actually an electrical engineer too, so he you know so I'd been around it. And I figured and he and he kept saying, oh you can do it. Yeah, it's not that hard. You just follow the schematic, and I'd look at it, just look like gobbledygook and yeah go, okay yeah sure but and then henry of course he just you know here check this out you know pull it out of the the spiral binder here this is what you need this is what you here here's how it looks and this is that and whatever so we went went over a couple times and then yeah like i said probably took two or three years and then, and then were you were you interested in like like circuit bending and stuff or no i i mean just because everything i touched just went up in smoke kind of thing with the with the i don't know you know if you don't know what you're doing with this with with solid state stuff the, yeah the low voltage stuff yeah if you touch the wrong thing it just where tubes they're hard to blow up uh-huh. so yeah i have bent some tube circuits so i guess you know as far as like taking a tube circuit that exists maybe a preamp or something and then kind of messing with it mm-hmm. so i have done that and we actually sell the the there's a trogatronic like the flagship model is this thing that's like an old piece of test equipment and that thing's hacked but it's got its own board now. It's uh-huh. it's a whole different thing. But it uses really what it is. It uses the power supply, which is hard to make because it's got these special components, and you get them. You know, you get the core, and then you can use that. And that's one of the Trogatronic uh, yeah. like pieces that you sell. Or? Yeah, what that's is it the, called? the Valkyrie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I guess it is circuit bent, but it's really now it's got its own board. I gut the thing, and it uses. There's a couple really kind of exotic items in there. <laughs> that they made for real. I mean, there's this one thing behind this big knob that's, I mean, it's probably six inches long with these plates that kind of come in and out. It's a variable capacitor. And then there's some uh, uh, transformers in there that are pretty unbelievable. And it's got a 600-volt power supply. Whoa. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the real deal. And, it's, it's, and uh, yeah, it was made by ladies in Palo Alto. I'd seen the factory, and they got them in there with the... You know, solder in a way. Uh-huh. They're really cool. Yeah. Your stuff is made by... Yeah. No, the, oh. the core. That oh, I, and I it's, see. It's upcycled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah it, that's a mean machine. That's a real sweet... In fact, I don't have one. I'd like to get one. Wow. And one of these days, I will make the time there, but uh, I have my core put aside, a uh-huh. special one. But uh, uh, yeah, that's a sweet... So once in a while, you know, I, when I'm making one, as it goes out the door, I get to record with it and mess around. Oh. Okay, it works. And like, you know, whatever. So at some point, it seemed like there was this... Um, you know, I guess, and maybe I'm I'm like not fully educated or naive about this, but like when I my my introduction was like obviously man as a bastard, and then and then the bastard noise stuff seemed like you know because I think the first bastard noise thing was 
was like a, a mistake maybe with the locust man is the bastard split is actually bastard noise because there's no drums on it and it's just noise but like i don't want to say just noise but you know what i'm saying it wasn't like there wasn't any bass no you mean like a mistake or a trick i don't know what it was maybe it was a dirty trick but it was called man is the bastard noise i know but it was there's still like this sort of like mutated phase where it didn't wasn't like this is the thing bastard no that you know because what the drummer, was... the drummer, and the other bassist were pissed about that one too. I think. Yeah, actually. But it also had um, like, Josh from Honeywell that. on it and stuff. So what? Yes. Was... In fact, that, I think if it had Josh on it, then that was recorded in normal heights. Huh? Why would that happen? That's because we recorded with uh, uh... Matt Anderson. Yes. Uh huh. Yes, at that studio. I think it was called Normal Heights. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, see, I don't know the yeah. area. So Baker's Hill. Yeah, yeah. Baker's Hill. There you go. So, so. Um... If that was that one. But there was like. That was kind of the close to the end of Man is the Bastard then. And then Eric took over Bastard Noise. And then it was like, after a while, drums were introduced to Bastard Noise. And then it was like, this yeah. sounds like fucking Man is the Bastard now again or whatever, you know, S- similar, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think how it happened was I think Kenyon gave Wood a bass and then he started messing around with it, messing around with it. And he was kind of like sheepish, like well, what do you think if we brought that? I'm like, dude, let's, yes, uh-huh. let's do this. Yeah, cool. Because, I mean, I mean, it's fun. It's it's fun knobbing around, but it's really hard. I mean, I think it was that, I think we played a show with you all, and maybe it was on the way back on that tour. I think it was in Arizona. Uh-huh. And the sound, you know, and some sound men just, they just, they, got an, ax, it, they yeah. got an axe to grind, well, man. You guys, you are insane not having your own sound engineer because people just, they're probably just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, and then they're just like, you, I'm on to you, <laughs> you jerks, you know, and then they turn every, you know, whatever. I don't yeah. know. They're like, they're going to blow up my system. Yeah. This is not made for, what are you, I mean, what is this? A yeah. test record? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, and it's tricky. So, and if you don't have good sound, it's like the Kubrick thing, right? You know, you know how, you know that thing? Kubrick had this idea that like, if the, if the movie got a bad review uh-huh. he would supposedly go to the theater if it was in england when he was living over there and 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 uh, like nine times out of ten the sound sucked whoa so so uh yeah it's really tricky because if you don't have a drummer that can kind of cut through the room anyways and they're messing with you or they just have a crappy ba or they just don't care or well, <laughs> right if it sucks yeah. let's just put it this way if it sucks then it it could ruin the show whereas if you're a regular band at least you're jumping around yeah. and doing things, and there's a, there's this whole other level of interaction that is not possible if you got tables. I mean, if you got tables and you're looking at some knobs, and and I and again, I this is something I've thought about a lot, and I don't understand why. Again, I mean, dude, when I saw Kraftwerk, backs were to the audience, backs were to the audience. You know, it was like you know the, the, the Miles Davis thing. Uh huh. Well, so why why was it unbelievable? I don't. I still don't. I mean, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Wow. And maybe it's because I walked in thinking, "No, this is gonna suck," but I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I can't put my finger on it. But but uh, there's something to it. Whereas, like, I thought, well, shoot, if we if we have a drummer and you're playing bass, I mean, it can't go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter what, yeah. you know, this people. I mean, it's it's it's, un, it's an unbelievable spec spectacle. First of all, a seeing Wood play bass is not that the other <laughs> thing isn't. Yeah, but it's just so you can see it happening in front of you, and you can see what's coming out. If you see a bunch of knobs and switches, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely theatrical with his. Yes, knobs he is. And switches. To to I mean, great effect and and uh, credit. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that he brings that to it. I mean, yeah. I've seen him walk around with stuff, yeah. and, and uh, but I don't think it's his. I don't think it's a gimmick. I think he's like totally no, no, he's he's trying to, you know, do it. Just yeah. that's what I love about it is he 
he plays it like he plays anything else. Yeah. He doesn't look at it like it's a different thing. And that's, see, that's, you know, of course me wanting to play with, with uh, the, the old gels there, you know, and doing that other stuff <laughs> yeah. and thinking like, oh, wow, is this in trying to be make it like, well, this is legitimate, actually. I uh-huh. think this could actually add to it. And that's why I really like playing with other people. And if everyone's playing electronics, it's it's just trickier. It's a harder sell, I think. Yeah live it's great in the studio why not you sure know, all day long but uh live it's just a really tricky thing i think you i think you need well like a sound man a and then a visual guy to do to give you something to work with it, it is true because i the, the, so like when you gave me the geronimo you know album to to that became the first you know the, the first thing that 31g would do with you guys i i was like already accustomed to it and then when and then when i would i saw you play live i think it was at the black panther headquarters in los angeles it was some sort of festival kind of thing, and it was outdoors, and and I and I and I loved it. But I went, and I was like, "It sounds terrible because it was outdoors." I don't think that they knew. Like, I think there was like regular music playing. Otherwise, you know, like right. like a regular band, uh, instrumentation wise, you know, like. And then there's and then there's like this weird shit, and I and I I think it just didn't translate well. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like I, that's not what I wanted to happen. You know. And maybe it's the opposite of how you would to see Kraftwerk because I went thinking like, this is my favorite new band. Right. Fuck, it's like outdoors on this like janky wooden stage with like you know just the worst PA speakers. Like it right. was, it, just... and it was all back to back bands all day kind of thing. Yeah. Fourth sure. of July. Yeah. 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 So I do see what you're saying. I think it's. I think it, you know it, it lost it uh, that element. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's tricky too if it's outside, and the drums aren't mic'd and you don't have a really good sound system. Yeah. It seems like. You can get a lot. Well, just like we're talking about in the, you know, out uh just what were you saying? And then the, in the storm drains and whatnot. Oh, the sewer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's tricky. Or or like uh, the proverbial like kind of storefront with brick walls. Sure. It's yeah. just a nightmare, you know. But but then again, you know, saw a lightning bolt in that situation. It was like, you know, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But with lightning bolt, it's like you have the the acoustic drummer and you have the bass with right. with like a shitload of amps for one person and that's it it's not like you know because i feel like when when i when i saw you guys at that show because i've seen geronimo like the the show that we played with with the locust and you guys in, in whatever like pre you know covid that was the best it sounded fucking amazing it was it was amazing it was a great venue mm. like everything was mic'd really well that it was perfect but in in context to the other show it was just like you know it, it, we were like on asphalt outside and it yeah. was like you know just and there was not and it just was open, yeah. Too, so that's, and I think that's that... tricky. I don't think they really had the PA for that. No. And uh, well, the other thing is, just like you know, talking about like, I mean, I am still working on a table, so that's tricky. And uh, Anthony isn't exactly. I mean, he's 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 truly the uh, lukewarm water there. As far I mean, that dude, he's not doing knee slides or nothing. <laughs> so it's really about Mo, which is cool because he he is kind of the the. I mean, not haha, the heartbeat of the band, but uh-huh. he really is. I mean, he's the guy who instigated the whole thing in a way, and and, and the whole uh, band. Yeah, I mean, uh, both Sleestack and that. I mean, uh, he really, you know, he and he, you know, he's he writes. We all write together, yeah. but I mean, that dude, you know, he's well, he's a deep thinker, man, with this well, stuff. Also, you can tell when he performs, there's something else going. It's almost That's like wood. Right. You're just like, what the fuck? Like it, it makes you feel uncomfortable watching him perform in a awesome way. You're like, where? What is this guy? Is he possessed? You know, like where? Yeah, is he this? gonna hurt himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that in, in a band. Yeah, where where? Yeah, no, it's he's so it's you know 
especially when it does come to and i'm not trying to downplay his beats because i think what he comes up with rhythmically is awesome but it is almost like this minimalist approach yeah and you're like and it's hard to fucking play that stuff what do you what do you what fills in the, yeah. the blank spaces Ask Sal. there's this i know Ask i know Sal, yeah it's tough Sal's a it's, motherfucker he's another yeah yeah it's tough but i mean there's and, and the funny thing is at that time Sal has all these killer fills and all this stuff. I was like, man, this guy's amazing. And then there's that one track that we did that, that starts that record. And it's just like the, the kick for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that drove him <laughs> yeah. bonkers. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's, like it's, 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 it's like you're in a war with yourself sure. to not, okay, where was I or something. I mean, I couldn't do that. There's but with no the way. Geronimo stuff, that is crazy, though, because it is the, the, the payoff is so great. It's like, yeah, I mean, Sal or, you know, like even when I was in Some Girls with Sal, it's like we would just come out of the gates just blasting, you know? Right. But if you can if you can just fuck with people for 10 minutes of only simplistic kick and then deliver, like then you're just like, oh my God, right. that is so, you know, that's like you win the lottery five times in a row, at, you know, <laughs> once or whatever. You know, part of the fun was uh, originally was we were going over to Japan, just me and Mo originally before Anthony joined. And then it was just me and some weird boxes, kind of silver apple style. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, like part of it was What was like, that called? Geronimo. Oh. Yep. And that was in probably 04. And we were just kind of goofing off because Anthony was doing his PhD. Uh-huh. He wasn't around. And so we were just like, well, let's just do this. And I knew some people over there. I wanted to go over there. I was, I was a court in Kiyomi. So I was like, oh, cool. We'll just oh, yeah. do this whole thing. And, uh, and the whole concept was like, you know, because, you know, that whole Osaka sound is pretty, I mean, it's there's some challenging stuff going on over You mean there. harsh noise? No, I'm talking about bands and stuff oh. where it's just, you know, like, well, like Zenigiva. Oh, yeah. Mega favorite there. And and, and just all that, whole, you know, I mean, what was that band we, we were down here? I th- was it the Casbah, like uh, Afri Rampo? Remember those guys? No. Those gals. Yeah, they were trippers. Huh. Just and it's just all this abstract stuff. Like let's let's mess with people, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we're like we're gonna have to really mess with people because they've seen this crap before. Yeah. So do you think that that's part of Geronimo's? Thing? Well, that was originally like okay, so let's just play this stupid thing for ten minutes and see if like yeah. anyone cracks. Yeah. And like you know, and it's you know, I mean, there's certainly been shows where it's like my kid could play this. <laughs> yeah. Which kills me every time. It's just like yeah. But yeah, their kid could. probably couldn't though. They'd get they'd get bored or get you know. Anxious. But that's yeah, because it is it does yeah no. I mean oh, it just hurts yeah. But it's funny too because it, that's a good. It, I mean Sal should know better because we did that song Death Face and some girls where we you know it's ten minutes and, it, and it's one one. No thing. no it wasn't like he was against it. It just had trouble being chill. No just try try and do that kick for ten minutes. Yeah that's because he I'm wanted saying. to do more shit. Like, no no oh. he couldn't. Well maybe. What do you couldn't. mean like he couldn't do it? Like he'd fuck up. Yeah because you're like. Like if you, you know, it's like uh, I'll hold your arm in the air for five minutes, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like two minutes in, you're like, oh. yeah. It's one of the. It's just like you're fighting with your mind. Though that's more of a strength thing, I guess. But uh-huh. you know what I mean. Like hold your breath for two minutes. Yeah. And and I don't know. I think it's just you know it seems simple. I didn't realize that. I had no idea that that was the case until you know it was the case, and I thought, wow, that's that's interesting. So. Basically, what I'm saying is Mo is a he's a freak of nature. <laughs> it's just, I mean, well, especially because I mean he played with Beck and stuff. I mean, what, like he's obviously oh he's a great and, he, yeah yeah so, he's a great player yeah. And I, I mean he's I forget some of the people he studied with there. He studied with some jazz guy. I forget which one. Yeah. I mean, just casually. I don't know if how serious it was, but no, he's a, he's. I mean, he's got rhythm. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely got it. Yeah. Like and it's and sometimes I'm looking at him doing it, and I just you know. Well, no offense to to you guys, but when he plays, 
he you're just that's your your I, I mean I'm laser focused on him. That's it. Yeah, I'm like, I agree. What yeah. The fuck. But but out of all of it, I mean, I love the obviously love the bass tone and I and all the sounds that you're making. I'm like, there's so much fucking crazy shit. But I gotta focus on this. No, dude. no. But that's it. It is, and you know, Anthony has this thing too. He says, you know, Mo. Look, if you have a good show, we have a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you screw no, up, yeah, yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, because yeah. if he if he has a bad show, then there's nothing we can wow. do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know Anthony's got like the easiest job. He's just like, I don't know. It looks hard to me, <laughs> but I, you know, because I can't do none of that. Yeah. My, I mean, I feel like mine's easy, but I, I am good at screwing it up. You know. Uh, yeah. It's a funny thing, but uh, just depends. So with the with the Trogatronic stuff, like do do the like I, I mean I. Like, like we kind of acknowledge some of the effects make their own songs. Like you don't have to really be a uh, talented, you know, or you don't have to be like, what's he trying to say? <laughs> well, okay. I've gotten say, some yeah, of your yeah. pedals and I'm like, yeah. fucking A, this, we even have the, like, even like, what's the rainbow machine? The, the mm-hmm. Earthquaker um, pedals. I, like, I only give you the crappy ones. It's like, no, but I remember like getting shit from you. I mean like, man, I can't fucking play bass into this. I just have to, I right. have to like put everything down and just hold it. <laughs> You know, and it sounds beautiful and awesome and fucked up, but I am like, I need to play bass through this, and it's not. It's yeah, just there's one right now that Frank Frank Marshy's playing through. It's it's unbelievable, and I'm like, you're doing it with that, and it doesn't even have a, a stomp, huh? And it sounds he's it's that's my tone, and it sounds good. I, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, I gotta. So that's one of the well, things. There, I mean, I'm not saying like at. all of your shits like that, but I mean, there are some pedals where you're like, this is just for this is gonna write that song, you know, like it's already uh, already on that level. So, so my thing with the whole thing is, and and it's being such a layman at it is. So we we did that record with with uh, Michael Michael Rose on the record that you put out, yeah, right? The and first one. The first one, and at that time. I work with them with with Eric on on the bastard noise stuff and and uh, so okay those kind of were really close to each other as far as when they were recorded right because they're, they're overlapped rogue yeah. astronaut right oh they overlapped they they I mean all that stuff was kind of going on at the same time because uh-huh. I I feel like and this is no offense to to Wood but I think that is his best work and it might be because you're on that record but I think that's his best work today well well you're talking the rogue astronaut album but the, it's different because but, that one we actually wrote we look we approached it like geronimo approaches writing a song there's there's we there's, wrote songs mm-hmm. that's the difference and it's not just something where and i'm not saying that the other songs aren't written but the other stuff's a lot more free jazz no i would say some of it's 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 almost like it's well <laughs> i saw i looked this dude up you, you were saying something about uh, sci-fi noir Oh. This is the thing I, I that's why I, I was like you know this is the sci-fi noir yeah thing. that was trying to start this genre from scratch I, I couldn't <laughs> believe I saw that well anyways this kind of thing where it's it's almost like that, that's the thing it's dark and it sounds like science it sounds like a soundtrack yeah it's very visual and there's stuff going on it's 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 a different it's a totally different thing where here's something where it's like okay let's make an electronic I mean band and play electronic music where this other stuff's more like let's let's swing for the fences and make like a soundtrack kind of thing yeah without a movie because uh-huh. nobody cares about <laughs> us so but that's really what it is i mean honestly in a way i uh-huh. mean it's it's like you're it's, you got classical over here and then you got like rock over here it's two different things yeah. completely so but, i mean when you're writing that it's a different thing you're not you're not trying to get like a hook and you're writing this, you know. I mean, not. I don't know. Not that I'm great at hooks or anything, but you know what I mean. Like, but there are there is like crazy weird melodic hooks in your gear that you have, like this tones, but that's, the sure pitching. But it's the... it's how you play it is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So that record was 
that was the only time we really tried to do that. So on that record, there's no drums, but a lot of the stuff sequenced through your there, gear. But there is, yeah. There's electronic drums. There was like a... Uh, oh, like a pad or something, right? No, but what not... do you call it thing? Uh, well, it was a synthesizer. It was uh, like a... Yeah, you have that on your on your table, right? Yeah, and I would play bass through that when we were playing with Connell oh. in, that, in that lineup. Whoa. That was kind of the bass backing up Wood, because ba- Wood sounds basically guitar. Yeah. You know, it's very bright. Yeah. And he's noodling, uh-huh. and so there's bass under there. It's mixed way back, uh-huh. but that's kind of back pushing, you know, kind of backing yeah. it up, which I'm really bad at. That was a real push. To, to kind of man that's not my wheelhouse but that thing has drums built into it what was that thing called elisis uh-huh the elisis uh-huh. ion so so all that stuff's built around that we would have these sequences whatever like kind of canned stuff there and there you get back to the can thing that's uh-huh. why it's tricky because you're kind of like letting that part go and you're playing along with it and he's singing along with it yeah. so so there, yeah there's beats but but aside it. from the can stuff though so like in geronimo the drums have tr- triggers right that are running through your gear that's true yeah yeah. Then it's totally not canned. Yes, but he's playing it. Kind. Of, I mean, I can tweak it. Yeah, but that's not canned. No, it's not. Yeah. And it's beautiful. He, he calls it dub. Turn on the dub. Dub them drums right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah okay. that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So, yeah, and it sounds amazing. I wish... That, that part, I love that. People that made, you know, dub were yeah. hip to that shit. Like, make it sound like too. from another planet. Like, yeah. dub from another planet would be so much better than and dub from, you know, Jamaica or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, or like, uh, what's, shoot, like... What's that band? Clipping. Yeah. And then the, uh, what's that other one? Uh, uh, Death Grips. Kind yeah. Of, they kind of like venture into that zone a little mm-hmm. bit there. Well, I mean, Death Grips with Zach Hill is just another level of, I mean, that guy's just soloing nonstop yeah, on, on drums. Oh, there's, you see, I've never seen him. Uh, live, it's different than the Oh, I'd than love to see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, so I would love to, I need to, we need to get Zach on one of these podcasts because I would, I would love to pick his brain because I'm pretty sure he helps produce that music, but live, he just fucking shreds beyond belief. On drums. On drums. Oh man, I want to see it so bad. That's wow. I mean, he's one of my favorites. Have you ever seen him perform? He was in Hella. And, oh uh, no, kidding! Actually, I did not know that. Yeah, but he there's this. If you ever get a chance, he did a Vans commercial that is probably the best you know capitalist endeavor I've ever seen. Where like he, he's like the commercial, he's like cruising up these cliffs and he and he and he's barefoot or whatever, and he and he like cuts his foot or something. And then he reaches in his car and grabs one slip-on van and puts it on and then fucking starts ripping on this drum set that's on the cliff yeah. overlooking this ocean. And it's like the most beautiful, coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Whoa. It's the best commercial. It like makes me think like... Yeah, okay, who wrote that one? That's a good one yeah, there. Yeah. Huh. Anyhow, yeah. So... Wow. Now I want to see him even more. But I, but I love that like differentiation between like the canned and non, non-canned, you know? it's No, certainly. And that was that was a part of that. Right. Okay. So back to the where I was going with that is... So both those were kind of going at the same time. I think I think Geronimo was first, and then I think we did Rogue. And but you just sat on that Geronimo record for a minute. Well, just, just so who's going to put it out? No mm. one's stupid enough to put that thing out. <laughs> so anyways... Uh, that was literally the last thing of that whole tour. You were like, oh, hey, by the way, you want to check this out? And like, you gave me the CD. And I just remember thinking, like, this is probably going to be really fucking good. Because I think you had just released that bastard noise record on gravity and i was like this is the fucking oh isn't that shit. funny right and that was just like you, it was after the phoenix show you're just like here check this out and i was like okay and i remember getting home you know still on a cd so i couldn't i didn't listen to it till seven hours later until we got home and i was like oh shit like i need to get that guy on the horn because we're gonna we're, this is it i met i met brian eno once i gave one to him he never called me <laughs> <laughs> he but you know what though I, I i maybe he didn't listen to it but i feel like if brian eno 
did, he he would know who's who's the boss. <laughs> he would know. But but anyways, okay. So back to back okay. to that. So when we were doing that, there was a, a bunch of stuff, and it was really clear, and it was mostly the funny thing is it was mostly me and me and Anthony working with Michael and we would sit in this on this church pew he had and he had cats too and he's like I'll vacuum up I'm deathly allergic to the cats but I I mean I would recovery for like three weeks I'd be coughing anyways we sat there and watched him and 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 just had this interaction and he was like this other member of the band and so we really tuned up that so that I mean with him producing it basically uh-huh. and and uh figured out how to do that and then what happened was i was like how can i play this now because we had recorded it, we had uh-huh. done it but it was there was things that he added to it and things that he could do that i hadn't ever thought of that that all between him and anthony and me all bouncing it off yeah. each other he was canning it it wasn't that it was just the ed- some of the edits and things where like things were more it's, it's just more cohesive in some places and then and more uh you know like i mean that guy's the king of the crescendo yeah right uh-huh. that drops you into just you yeah. know whatever i mean that and first track has that on there of course yeah. yeah and and just so then it was like okay how can we make it live sound like that and so that super inspired the, the trogatronic thing because i thought well i gotta make gear to do that Whoa. so that's when i started getting more foot pedals and I, I think I already had stuff, but it really informed, that experience informed where it went. And all this time, I've been fighting to really, like, explore uh, interfaces, uh-huh. for lack of a better word, beyond just knobs. So knobs and buttons, and then the way that the buttons work, and then things that can trigger buttons, and, and all this other stuff. Where So there's, you know, there's the... The rack mount stuff for for the 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 patch cord bunch and there's power stuff for them and then there's cases and then there's other stuff but the but the core to me is which really you know whatever some people could care less is this other stuff where i could get these great sounds out of it but the interface and I, i'm just starting now i've been doing this for pretty much better part of 20 years now just starting to hit it right now where it's actually starting to work the way i always imagined it could work Huh. Just because my skill level has gone up as I keep messing around with this stuff, it's like, oh well, if I had, if I could add this, add this, add this, and I, I've just started kind of hitting it now, where it's actually finally working. Like everything isn't totally, you know, you know, kind of rigged together. Sure, it's it's kind of amazing actually. But you know, that gets back to you know, why is this sound like this and this sounds like that? It, it really a lot of it had to do with Roson, and so Anderson recorded that one. But then we took them tapes and took it back to Roson. So, I mean, that dude, that, and it's it's not just like, it's not something where we just, the beautiful thing about that guy is it's like working with, with Anthony and, and Mo, because we have this whole kind of, you know, you know how it is when you work with people and you have a really safe space and you could be like, dude, that sucks. <laughs> and no one's like heard about yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, like here, try happens. this, and everyone like, even if you think it's like, dude, this, you know, because there's definitely situations that's not going to work. Yeah. But everyone will try it first. Like everyone's going to give everything a chance, and Michael is that same person. So he's like this other sort of member of the band when we when he gets behind the board there, where you know we we all have the safe space. It's not a problem. No one, you know, we no can ego, joke about it. Yeah. Nobody has this emotional like fragility about it. <laughs> everyone's cool, like, and everyone's willing to give it a chance. And uh, 
And if if there's an absolute veto and someone's just gotta gotta have it, that everyone has the safe enough space to go. Cool. I still think it sucks, but have fun. I, and no one's really like it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. And uh, that guy really is is kind of has has definitely you know made that the way it is. Not just the way that those records sound, but also the way that 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 my electronics actually. Are, I mean, it's really informed by that that huh. guy definitely. And, and and what he's brought to it so yeah it's it's uh yeah amazing guy you, you need to you, you ever get a chance uh, yeah I like work with that it. guy yeah 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 he's just it's he's just so easy going and so well that i mean that's what is that worth well that's the thing is like any i mean any would he be a producer or an in, a mixer or what would you what would you consider him? i mean he's an engineer, engineer but we always give him production i mean yeah. he's definitely a producer so, i mean that's us, the thing yeah. is though like any kind of person you end up working with you do learn something from that even oh, if it's yeah. the band or aside if studio person if they're actually in it i mean i've done like a shitload of records with the with with a certain engineer that didn't give a fuck about anything he just pushed play and record, sure. you know, record and whatever but when you have someone like kind of in it with you like hey let's try this or maybe you could do that better like i fucking love when luke gives me a hard time and like try it again you could do it better and i'm like okay because i don't know how that sounds or, or you know or i do think that sucked and they're yep. like no 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 you, that was good you know so it is nice to have that person an extra person push that you, you trust and yeah. that and that, and it's got to be a two-way street you know and and uh yeah the, he, he michael one time famously he he there was some band in there and and they were like no it can't be this way and they they, they were just like you know, just sandbagging him. And he, he, they were like a day in and he's like, here, look, here's the tapes. Here's a hundred dollars. Just like, yeah. <laughs> are we cool? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, just, just go away. You know, please. I'm sorry. It sounds great, but you know, wow. Cause yeah. So he's definitely, you know, his heart's in, in everything, uh -huh. there, you know, which you would hope everybody's heart is in it, but sometimes, but, so, but then some people, I mean, dude, it's hard to make a living doing that now. Yeah. So, you know, those that are, I'm certainly they take on stuff that they just, you know, had no feeling for. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which is, you know, I mean, it's kind of a shame, yeah, I guess, but, uh, I mean, I, I get it, I guess, but, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm awful lucky, no doubt about it. Huh. And what I get to do, so. And then what about like the aesthetic of all your stuff? Cause it all, it's always like red and silver and black and, you know, like you, there is a visual component to, to what you do. So, okay. So I, I went to the fancy art school and I studied <laughs> graphic design, Okay, which is funny because all these, the, when it, when I finally learned how to make the, the circuit boards, uh -huh. it's a print process. So like the stuff that Matt Anderson's doing down there. Right. Cause doesn't he, he's a printer, isn't he? Not anymore, but yeah. But he, yeah. so he knows that. So it's all the same. Yeah. It's, you, you have different plates and, and so that, yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that poured it into that. So, yeah, I definitely, you know, I have the thing that I'm up to. I used to work in magazines, and, uh, uh, yeah, so I just sort of, it's just sort of something I got going on. And then in the red, they ran out of black paint one time. It was always <laughs> black, of course. And then the guy goes, well... <clears throat> you did, like, black on black, even, like, matte and, like, gloss black. Oh, you're talking about the, the you're talking about the, the so, record covers? or you talking No, no, about no. The, Some of those pedals, pedals? Like, were, like, black on black. Or like, I don't know. Or you gave me one, like, or just like the raw silk, you know, like metal ones, like it just. Yes. Well, so those at that time I wasn't doing circuit boards. I was doing everything, uh, uh, point to point, just soldering stuff together on like little maybe like Radio Shack kind of prototype boards, which was incredibly labor intensive. Uh -huh. And uh, then I had this friend, bless her heart, she had this uh, trophies shop in Long Beach, and I could ride my bicycle over there, and uh, it was just, you know, uh, in you know, what do they call that? Uh, An engraver. 
engrave the yeah. logo there yeah. on this really weird machine. And uh, then pretty soon I got good at the machine, so I'd come in and help her with yeah. stuff, and we would just trade, you know, like I would troubleshoot for or whatever. So that was the first thing because I just buy those little, you know, the pedal boxes uh-huh. and just do that. Now I I, I use them the the you know the PCB guys because it's like they pull silk screens and you got all these layers. So you got a the solder mask layer that's a color, and then you got this other silk screen legend layer, and you could probably do more stuff. Then you got a copper layer, and then you some of it you could put solder on. It's uh-huh. there's a lot of layers. Just and it's since it's so competitive. It's priced. It's incredible, kind of. You know, that's what's really opened it up. I think that's what's launched a lot of pedal companies there is that now, you know, it's it used to be something so brutal that the labor was cheaper to fix a board and just keep the boards back in the day. Oh, yeah. When it was all done by hand with, like, Ruby Lith and uh-huh. stuff like that. And now it's, it's yeah, they've, they've really... It's you know it's just a bunch of computer gobbledygook there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> to to make the board to sound a certain way, like it's a command. Sound or look. See, that's uh-huh. the thing is, is is since it's a printing process, you, you know, you could make art out of them really. Wow. Which is kind of neat because like trying to get someone to silkscreen something on a shirt, they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg. You take it to a board shop and they're like, yeah, silkscreen's included. Yeah. What wow. do you want on that layer? Yeah, it's Whoa. it's a funny thing. Uh-huh. It's just a the matter of like porting that to their weird computer language. Yeah, that's what I was talking about with that one. That one pedal thing. I was trying to figure out, like, okay, can we get a different? You know, because sometimes it's like, why isn't it working? I don't know. You uh-huh. know, where if it was an Adobe product, it would be simple. Oh, well, you know, like desktop publishing uh, is, in other words, like making making uh, print graphics for magazines. Uh-huh. There's 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 a company Adobe, and they make yeah. all this different stuff, right? And that just it just works because that's all they do. Uh huh. But this other stuff wasn't ever designed to put, like, a logo on it. It's just supposed to be, like, you know, R1, R2 for which resistor it is and all that. So, yeah, there's a bit of uh, circuit bending the circuit board there, I guess, if you will. <laughs> but, but I, boy, there's some there are some builders out there that do stuff. I think, I can't remember their names there, but some of it's just gorgeous. Just but, gorgeous, yeah. But so your, your, your uh, operation's pretty one person for the most part? I guess, you know, now that... I mean, can people? No just... one can be ten ninety nine in this in this scene. I think, yeah, it is pretty much one person. I'm just juggling. Well, I'm not, I don't think the tax guys. Oh, the, you never know. The they got abacuses. List. They have. <laughs> it's not the IRS. <laughs> okay, but you know, like, like if know. someone buys a pedal, you're the one that made it. Oh yeah, and and if someone has uh, a problem, I'm the you're guy the who picks up the phone yeah. or, or calls them back since the phone doesn't really. work. Or if you have like some bullshit like the Schumann PLL, I'm like, hey, can you fix this again? Uh, then I'm poke around in there i still don't know how i fixed that thing but if you even look at it wrong the thing's gonna break well that thing was know? completely handmade though <laughs> yeah I know. that was like that stuff i was yeah. doing originally i mean that did you meet the guy i did i bought it from him wow. and it was one of the weirdest experiences i've ever had with uh i guess a musician you know like it was just the strangest shit i had no idea and I, you know it, yeah and, and and now that i know a lot about him and in the the sort of like um what is it like this this like the legend that, that he has become now i'm like oh yeah it does all make sense that like that was him and then when you tell me how it was like covered in glue and all this crazy shit inside which is the dumble you know about dumble no <laughs> so there's this guy dumble and he makes these guitar amps that are basically i think a glorified bender or something i don't know but uh i had a friend and her dad was like he, he was a professional musician and he he had this thing and i guess like this i don't i don't really know this guy's music but john john mayer i mm-hmm. guess is some mega star 
he uses them. You see people out of Nashville, but they're like nearly a hundred thousand dollars. Whoa. And supposedly you go in and he will tune it to you and he still is the only guy making them. Like he's very protective of it. And he was the guy I think originally. And Henry's really like he knows all about it. And I mean, what there is to know because some of it's covered in glue and some of it uh-huh. ain't. And, and Oh, is whatever. that like a tactic to hide what you're doing? Yes, certainly. Because I mean, you know, it's a lot of work to yeah. kind of figure it out. So and since if you're not Roland or Fender or whatever, and even Fender back in the day, what they have the uh over the patent of PAF, right? And the patent applied for. Uh-huh. And the, what, how long is a patent good for? I think it was like yeah. seven years. So uh-huh. what's the point anyways? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, for for little guys, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's good to protect things, I think. Yeah. But I wonder if like Schumann was trying to protect something because, you oh, know, certainly. I think when, but I, I think he might've just been like totally crazy. And if, if no. like. Fox. Well, okay. Like it, like. I understand you and you have this like graphic design element and you have like a very uh, meticulous kind of way. When I met him, there was just like shit everywhere. Yeah. He was kind of just like, that's my office too. Yeah. He was kind of just like, here, check this out. Uh, and like, yeah. you know, and like never like he kind of like dove into his spiel and, and, and I was lost instantly. It's like when you go to learn a new language and you, if you don't know how to conjugate a verb, you're going to, and you're in, you know, next thing you know, like week six, you're like, I'm completely yeah, lost. Yeah. But know? he was just trying to, Relate. I, I guess Henry so. used to do that to me because he he he'd, he'd throw this and it, it took me a long time. It probably took me ten years, and then then building that first thing to where I could figure out what he was talking about. Now we can carry on a conversation, and I would just be polite originally and just kind of go like, "Okay, well, yeah. you know." <laughs> but, well, I mean, and he would just go for it. He didn't care. He would just he would just you know like, "Oh, well, that's a," you know, and he'd be rattling off model numbers, and and you're like, "What?" It was amazing, kind of uh-huh. between him and then Wood would do the same thing with bands, you know. So I, you had these two guys kind of coming at you. Wood it's just talks like, to me. I'm like, where are deep. we going? Like, what is this? I don't. I'm already lost. It's just deep. The, the, yeah. Just the deep, deep knowledge with those two, you know. And they love it so much, they want to talk about it. I know. And but I've seen lost, part of the uh, Schumann spiel somewhere. I saw like a uh, like an interview or something. Yes, uh-huh. yes. And and he the, what he was saying is like some of the same stuff that I've kind of like come to the conclusion of on my end, which is like, you know, some people they're just not going to understand. Yeah. And so screw it. Why why even bother trying to explain it to him in I, a way? I mean, but, I I have no idea how it happened, but so, I went to this. I needed something from a guitar store. We were the locusts on tour, and I had to buy like a something. I don't know, some, something simple like a like strings or. I don't fucking remember, but I don't know how this happened. But the guy at the store was like, "Oh, you should you should check out this thing that this dude's building." And so he was like, "Oh, here he is in Brooklyn." Yeah, and he and he brought me in the back. He sat down. He played guitar. He was like, "Here, try it out." And I was like, "What the fuck? This is so crazy!" And I was playing it through a guitar. And I remember at the time it was five hundred bucks, and I was and that's a lot of money then, and it still is a lot now. But I was like, "This oh, is man. some crazy." But it was one of those things. I was like, "This is gonna write the song. Like this is I don't have to, you know, like this." Oh, is that incredible. thing sounded good, and it was and it's 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 pretty intuitive. It seemed like when you played through it it yeah. just did what you thought it yeah it just did it well that's the thing though so i mean i think i think earthquaker did a fantastic job of of i guess cloning i don't know if that sounds like a, a bad term to use no i think that's but i think that's yeah i think that's what it is yeah yeah but i i don't know i like i think out of all the clones they got the closest i just don't know if anyone's going to ever really make it the same it's just slightly different i mean which begs the question yeah what is it well i don't know what is this well then why would he cover it in glue and do you do that or like why would you not do that or I only put glue on stuff. To hold it that, together? Yeah, my dad, he used to make missiles. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, they're going to vibrate. So you got to put, you know, if something's hanging out, then you got to glue it. But I do, some, I do on some stuff, I do grind the numbers off. Wow. Pound sand. Uh-huh. <laughs> and because of that whole, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, I, 
so I got this whole deal where like there are people out there early on when I started building this stuff there's one guy who came at me with like this thing like you say it's all tube but there's diodes in there now diodes are a semiconductor of sorts and and the diodes this thing had a meter on it remember that thing I built and it had a meter on it yeah and then one of them had a a window but that but that that's where the meter went right and I was like but those aren't even in the circuit. And this guy's like writing this stuff about me. I thought that, like, oh, what a cheeser. And then, then was the meter so after that, his... I thought, you know, this guy thinks he knows what he's talking about. He he has no idea. And I, and sometimes that happens. You know, you'd go to buy something, you read up on it, you read all this stuff, and you think you understand it. Yeah. But all you know is all the buzzwords that the marketing guys threw at you. Uh-huh. And, and so... You know, you try to educate people here and there and whatever, and and I just try to be a straight shooter with stuff. I figure, hey. Well, was that meter? Otherwise... Was that meter an actual component that made it sound a certain way? Nope. It was an aesthetic. No, it was it was a piece of test equipment. But it the meter. So, so itself... the meter was to, to it was not made to make sound. Yeah. It was made to make sound, but the meter I think showed you. I think how much how much you uh, told the me amplitude. You told me it has nothing to do with the the, out, the audio output. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, but the, you know, it was one of these early things where like someone came at you know, was like kind of it was troll ish. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and then this guy had like this thing on CD Baby. Remember CD Baby? Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, here he is. The CD sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah then he, he 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 shut off the comments there. And I was like, okay, well, tit for tat. So yeah. I I was I just was like kind of like you know and some people boy they will insist and it really if you hear about this thing that the dunning kruger effect you guys have to this i don't know so they did this experiment these uh you know psychologists or something and and they 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 had a whole bunch of people you know they do these things at colleges like that you know that's how they messed up the some say that's how they messed up the unabomber right but they do this stuff at a college and they had some test and they asked people after the test how do you think you did now some people said I aced it. And other people were like, I don't know, I don't think I did so good. And then they ran kind of how they did on the test and, and juxtaposed that with what they said. And it turned out, and this is the thing, that the people who thought they didn't do good aced it. And the people who thought they did the greatest now you know this. <laughs> they, they, they ate it, man. Yeah. It just it didn't work. So, so this is this thing where you you know it's the whole know it all thing where you yeah. got these yeah. these people who have more moxie than sense and and they just you know they'll tell you stuff that they don't they don't even know what they're talking yeah. about. Well, and it's the like fact... they're arguing with the drunk or something, you know. <laughs> but there's also the, the fact that they took the time to go talk a bunch of shit. Like, who really gives a fuck about that guy's opinion? you know in the I was world. deeply hurt uh, of course but yes, I, I was yes I didn't come out for weeks really or only bl- no I don't know I was just I was pissed I yeah. was like dude why, why first of all why why are you raining on my parade I'm doing my best I can here well I don't know it's like- and then and then I was like and then when I realized like well, wait a minute this isn't even yeah, what, but that's for the but he's talking. At least he's talking. Like when people are indifferent, then then of that's, course, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. There's no bad. Yeah, because I guarantee you, if, like for every, I, I doubt that many people saw his criticism. But like, let's say for out of every ten people that saw his criticism, you know, five of them went and like checked out your gear and was like, "Whoa, this is some gnarly shit." I'm gonna pick one up and or you like know. or like this is the dumbest thing ever. But maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, but either way, it got your it got you know you more attention. 
no, no, and that's totally true to a certain point. I think you know, unless I mean, I mean, there's definitely some stuff that is is uh, somewhat unforgivable these days, and and all that. But uh, I mean, it's getting worse with social media. Everyone's a critic. Well, and, and of course, of that stuff's all tuned to tuned for. It's just like the, the eleven o'clock news. It, it's, it was always the same stuff. It's just that it's now it's us. Uh, yeah, and we're the eleven o'clock news. So it's like. <laughs> Everything is tuned to be sensational, you know? Yeah. I mean, as far as, like, they say the algorithms, right? The yeah. The stuff that you're going to notice is the stuff that's going to, like, evoke emotion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, That gets people juiced up. Yeah. Yeah, which I, whatever, I can't even do that. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. I, I... <laughs> yeah, I can't. A, the time, and B, just, yeah. It, it, you can feel it. You can feel it juicing you, really, yeah. one way or the other. And then, and my problem with it is, is I've, I've like, you know, like once or twice, like just, you know, ribbing somebody or whatever. And then they don't know where you're coming from. They think, well, geez, that was kind of intense. Yeah. Or whatever. So I just, I, yeah, I can't even, I rarely. I always want to have a fake. Um, profile to, to just kind of level with people and not and not it seem like it's me getting bent out of shape like sure uh, I yeah that would be ideal it's it's a funny thing it's just a funny moment you know with the stuff sure and you're in like a very um, obscure realm of of art that people are probably always gonna have some fucking opinion on you know I don't what? think anyone cares yeah I think there's people who are into it and people who aren't and there's other people who buy the the other stuff that's strictly commodity well and... speaking of like let's say Geronimo like from that from a from a music like a label's perspective granted we're not a big label and we, we not into the world doesn't get to hear it or doesn't sure. but the people that hear it fucking love it or completely do not understand it and think it's probably shitty. But that's great. Instead of someone being like, yeah, whatever. Well, we're the steely Dan of the... <laughs> I don't know. Of the... Uh... I, I would rather not be like a part of a background, you know, just like, yeah, whatever song, you know, like at least you can... Because doesn't Steely Dan like that kind of... I don't know. Do you like Steely Dan? I don't know if I do. <laughs> so you hate Steely Dan. Do you like Steely Dan? I do. I mean, whatever. Okay, it's... let me ask you this. Do you love Steely Dan? You kind of do, don't you? I love you? a few. Yeah, I you kind of do. I, I love a lot of their moments. Their See, albums. I think Steely Dan is one of. The, they're just a, a very polarizing. Band. Well, okay. What about your, your the songs that you do like of Steely Dan? Do you think that there's a possibility that could be uh, nostalgia, like t the time that you? Or grew is it up just with? Michael McDonald's vocals? His, <laughs> yeah, I mean his voice is. Oh come on! Yeah. Come on! I think it's to me. It's just yeah. It is something. That just the sound quality is fucking awesome, and the music is is great. I mean, fuck, what's that song? Do it. Uh, well, what's that? Which one's that now? Um, sing it. Uh, <laughs> fuck, now I can't. I hear it in my dude. I listen to it like once a week when I'm running. Really? Do it. Yeah, do it. But which anyways, which record? He's um, do it again. It's the one where it's like has the all the percussion in the beginning. Do it again is it's the Wall of Voodoo record. It's off of. Well, what anyways, else is on the record? Anyways, you know? um, no one listens to records anymore. Yeah. Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, it's a, it's a famous song. Virtually, it's anyways, on my Spotify playlist. The, even I'm not a big fan of guitar solos unless they're slow and low and like hmm. more melodic. But the crazy guitar solos. But this has just the clangiest, cheesiest guitar solo, and then a organ solo, hmm. just intertwines. Is it organ or Rhodes? It's, it's the organ. Huh. 
Yeah. Shoot, man, that's tickling my cortex of the do it again. <laughs> do it again, do it again. Whoa. Well, I'm a fan. But I have yeah. noticed that, that people... I think Rush is another one of those bands. People either love it or they hate it. Yeah. yeah. That's I, a definitely right? a love. Okay, but you know what my problem with Rush is? That everyone thinks they're the fucking best thing ever. And I'm like, dude, just... just the people who love it. The people are. are just go Like, what? Like, it's fine. Like, that's cool. But, like... So it's probably not even Rush that's that I don't like. It's that I don't you like... don't like those people. What they have become. Rush fans. They're pers- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I just... I just noticed that. It's but it's not, it's I'm not kind Rush's of fascinated. It, yeah, I, yeah, who can say, really? I, I like them. Like, so, see, you know, so Gigi they, Allen. Like, his fans were pretty fucking lame. Was Gigi Allen... No, that's a bad example. <laughs> he, he was probably pretty polarizing, though. <laughs> Yeah, I think that he might. I'm just not into people who are gonna destroy my gear. Yeah, or yeah. take a shit and throw it at me. But yeah, yeah, that's that's where I draw the line. If I mean, I I might watch it on a video there though and be totally psyched, you know. But I do like that we talked about Steely Dan and Gigi Allen right back to back. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah. Well, okay. So what do you have going on now? I mean, I, I you know there there was the recent Geronimo album that came out, but what do you what else are you working on or what pedal stuff do you have going on, or what's in your world? Well, now there's a uh, there's a new interfacey thing that makes absolutely <laughs> absolutely no sound. But uh, I just sent one to Kenny. I sent one to uh, Jay Randall. You know that guy? No. He he does. Uh, he, he's part of or involved with the agoraphobic nosebleed uh. and a bunch of other weird things, I believe. But uh, 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 and that so that's a new thing that's coming. And it, and sort of is like kind of trickling out there. I'm going to take out a uh, an ad, and uh, someone talked me to that. This is I used to work on this magazine, Arthur. Uh-huh. You ever see that? Uh-huh. And uh, and the guy used to. What did you with do theirs. for that magazine? I, I art directed it. Wow. The first when it started up until probably oh six oh seven something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, that's my baby there. So we could kind of, I can kind of see like a relation to maybe the Geronimo artwork and stuff. All of it, probably. You're going to see, yeah, because they, the cool thing about that gig was it was uh, uh, part of the deal was I could do what I wanted. And that was a trade off. So I kind of cut them a deal, but Mm -hmm. I can do what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And up until that kind of ended there, the do what I want part, then, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, I mean, it was, it's, it's neat, you know, Uh I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it was sort of startup y. I mean, there were only, three people involved that were really there and then the rest was just people kind of all coming together so so it was really you know there was never enough time there was never enough space you know the the editor was famous for just you know he loved the content so much you know that it's like okay we'll just make it fit you know it's like it's already like a disclaimer (laughs) size type here you know like no man you can't that's you're the editor you gotta edit no man this is a good one you know that's so rad though oh yeah no that was it was fun that was that was a fun project there but anyways uh where was i going with i don't know oh you what's next for you you're gonna take out an ad oh yes so laris (laughs) the the publisher was selling ads for this this thing uh maggot brain you ever heard of maggot brain Uh, i guess it's a jack white another part of jack white's empire there Uh it's a it's uh, a publication it is so so uh, he's like, oh well, I'm doing this. I thought, well, shoot, I'll help him out with his, you know, whatever. I don't know if he gets a commission or how. Yeah. I, I have no idea, but whatever. That's a that's a tough gig uh-huh. trying to sell stuff, and it's print. So and then the guy who helped me invent this thing, Doug, you know Doug, uh-huh. Dream. Yeah. So Doug here, uh, uh, he 
he one day he calls me he says you know what you need is you need like a, a skateboard wheel oh gear with yeah. a wheel on it yes he's like what if you had a skateboard wheel <laughs> to do like, what like turn the wheel is like a knob i i don't know what uh-huh. the idea was in his head but i had an idea in my head because for this you know just kind of like being able to switch stuff really fast uh-huh. and uh and it kind of pissed me off because i had all this stuff that i w- needed to do but then i had to have one it's just i just <laughs> wanted to see it work uh-huh. and now it's working and so that's the next thing it's called the uh the c36 and it has a skateboard wheel on it. revolution yes it has a skateboard wheel uh-huh. on it, and it's uh it's kind of a beauty anyway so so follow uh what's that guy's name there uh, K- sanderson there uh-huh. definitely he just put a video up on uh and it's it's he very laid back there as far as like he hasn't he's not, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what this thing's gonna do because he is a master of like i said this kind of cut up crazy oh, noise yeah. and uh so he and he was just like barely touching it and, well uh, i mean that's it's a... there on yeah and i think it's well kenny sanderson on and look him up like like weeds or facial mess it's okay. on there somehow it is it. it is amusing when people try to sell their gear and you're like this is like you could be going to town on this thing and you're kind of just like yeah. But I'm a, such a huge fan of, of Kenny's that it, it and it sounds so good what he's doing through it and, it, yeah. and the funny thing is it doesn't make sound anyways uh-huh. so it's really hard to explain to people. Okay, it's like remember that joystick thing I had? Yeah, which was awesome. So I, I made that and then I offered it and no one bought it for all these years and now all these other people like kind of ripped off that idea because it's easy to make. I mean it's, yeah. it's labor intensive but so this is kind of the next stage of that and oh. then and then we're talking about going back in the studio Geronimo. And I and there's another record kind of I think ready to ready to go Whoa. too. So we're talking about maybe over the winter there. So we'll see if that happens. It depends on everybody's schedule. Yeah. And getting that together, going back in with uh, Rose on, and then uh, I'm doing this other thing called uh, TTT, which is kind of like the Carney A idea. So we changed the T's to other stuff with this guy, uh, 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 Enrique, that lives in uh, uh, I think Madrid. And then, and I have, I'm doing some other stuff. There's some guy down here called, uh, have you guys heard of this guy, Janky Funeral? No, it's a good name. Though. I know. I like the name so much. I just wrote to him. I said, you know, <laughs> if you don't do this split with me, there's going to be a fatwa <laughs> upon all of your pets. And he, he was like, yeah, I'll do it, man. So that, and uh, yeah, other than that, just nose of the grindstone, just kind of, uh, yeah, just working. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get more stuff out, more stuff, time for R&D there. So, uh one step at a time yeah <laughs> all right dude well thank you yeah thank you Thanks for having yeah yeah that was cool colton culture is proudly sponsored by earthquaker devices planet, planet b, b.